So they, they were incredibly religious in their lifestyle. They still are. It, it's a very organised, very um, uh, uh, precision lifestyle that they live to try and please God. So John the Baptist came to speak um, to this highly religious group of people with the news that they were not right with God. So I could imagine that wouldn't go over too well. Could you imagine if people were, were um, doing everything according to the rules, doing all that they could to, to live righteously or what they thought was righteous uh, according to the rules that God had given them, and then someone comes and says, you're not right with God. Could you imagine how annoying that would be? When you think, but I've done everything right. I'm doing all, everything according to the rules. And someone comes knocking at the door of your, of your life and says, you're not doing it right. So that would have been terribly uncomfortable for them to hear. But what I find is incredible is that people flocked to be baptized by John the Baptist because they wanted to get right with God. And I believe the same happens today, that there are people who, who we should see uh, coming to God all the time because they want to get their life right with God. Slightly different life experiences today because we're not all Jews waiting, for, um, yeah, waiting to get our lives right. But I believe that in Australia today that we ought to see and begin to expect to see people coming to know Jesus every week in our church. So John uh, challenged the people to get right with God. In Matthew 3 verse 8, and it says exactly the same in Luke chapter 3 verse 8 as well, John said to these religious people, produce fruit in keeping with repentance. So I'm going to sort of pray this morning before we, we go on, and uh, just bow your heads with me, I'm going to pray that the Holy Spirit does something good in our meeting this morning. So dear Heavenly Father, I just pray that our ears and our eyes be open to spiritual things this morning. May our hearts be responsive to God's word today. And we want to receive it with gladness. And make it, make it uh, uh, produce something in our lives from today. And may it uh, uh, produce a great harvest. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So continuing the theme that we have this year in One Heart Church of being fruitful. Uh, I want to take a look today at this thing that John the Baptist preached about, uh, it's called the fruit of repentance. The fruit of repentance. Not a real cool subject, I suppose. But repentance, as we know it, is about turning from something and then not going back. So it's a full-on Christianese word. You know, we don't kind of use the word repentance that much in everyday life, I, I, I should think. But if we were to incorporate in a normal, if we were to take that word into a normal context or a normal conversation, uh, it probably wouldn't quite sound right. So, for instance, you could say I was driving the other day, I drove my car and I got myself lost. But when I realised how lost I was, I repented and turned around. So it doesn't sort of seem right. It's not, not language we would normally use. But if that was me telling that story, I'd say, yeah, I got myself lost and I, just, I kept driving faster and faster the more lost I knew I was. I remember doing that one, uh, one Sunday, trying to get home from somewhere down south of Adelaide, going to the Adelaide Hills, and I, I took this wrong road, and I thought, well, I don't know where I am, it's not taking me where I thought it should, and I just kept going faster and faster. Maybe you get lost or quicker. It's also great to see Neville and Marie here with us this morning, good friends of ours from Harndorf, great to have them uh, with us this morning, and there's a few other visitors I see around the place, uh, 
Daniel Forrest. Is Maddie here as well? Yep, okay, welcome to you. And Mr. Telfer there as well. So yeah, and if any other others I haven't got, welcome, welcome, welcome. Give them all a wave. But repentance, it recognises what's wrong and seeks to change. That's, that's basically the, the, the highlight of that word is recognising something's wrong and seeks to change. So let me tell you something. This is really deep. You need to take notes. If you're not ready for your notes, get your phone out quick. Uh, and I know you're not texting your friends or checking Facebook. You're, you're just taking all these awesome notes this morning. So let me tell you something. This is really profound. Chickens lay eggs. Orange trees grow oranges. And Christians are repentant. Christians are repentant sinners. Just as naturally as a, a chook lays eggs, a Christian is repentant. So, and I think we've, we've got to get away from the concept that that, that repentance is a one-off event in our life. But it's a process of changing and growing and getting closer to Jesus is the repentance I'm talking about this morning. So this is what Jesus had to say. If you, if you follow along in Luke chapter 15, verse 10, it says, In the same way there is joy in the presence of God's angels when even one sinner repents. So Jesus is saying there's, there's, the, the angels rejoice. The angels have, have a, a, a big the party in heaven when someone realizes they were wrong and then turns their life around. So two words that I think almost all of our Christian theology that, that gets to the bottom of it all to get us right with God are found in these two words. Sinner, repent. So I know, I know, you know it's good to do Bible college. It's good to do study in the Word of God. I'm not against any of that. But you know something? We can get so so distracted, so deep about everything and, and forget the, the essence, the most focal point of Jesus Christ and our relationship with God comes down to two words, sinner, repent. I know I'm simplifying it for you this morning, but that's as deep as we need to go. I love... I love you know, I love it when people say, oh, you know, I love this church or that church or wherever they go because it's such got deep teaching. You know, I love the deep teaching Jesus gave. Because I think most people would walk out on Jesus' church if he was preacher. Uh, an old lady lost a coin. Oh, deep Jesus. And, and, and she, she searched the whole house and she swept everywhere until she found the coin. Oh, that's deep. That, that's the whole thing, sin and repent. There was a lost coin and did everything to find it. There was a lost sheep. He, and Jesus spoke about the most simplest things, but they have the most profound and deep meaning. And, and the, the, the bottom line is what God wants to do and, and um, uh, discover in you is that you, dis, that you realize that, that you need Jesus, that you have sin and he can help that. So sin or repent because sin is our problem. It's not God's problem. He's not affected by it. Sin is our problem. We are born into it. Whether we like it or not, whether we think we're bad, or whether we think we're good, we're born into sin. Repent is the desire to change from our sin, from our life of sin. So I'm going to enter a new, another word now, introducing redemption. One more word 
for you today is redemption. Redemption is the trading of something for a reward. Gee, that, gee, I've got to say, these, these PowerPoints are amazing. It's almost like professional quality. You know, I'm even doing them for other people now. Who was here last Sunday and heard, and heard Pastor Phil? Phil, it was good. Were those, those PowerPoints pretty cool? Apparently, that was my first, my first job as a PowerPoint maker for him. He didn't pay me yet either. But the redemption is the trading of something for a reward. It's like collecting coupons or tokens and handing them over for a prize. So you, 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 you might buy a product and, and it says if you, if you buy so many, you'll you get your things stamped. So you do these days, you go, to, you go to cafes and they stamp a little card. And then after you've done 10, 10 transactions and you get a free coffee or something like that. It's, it's a redemption for, for uh, something that, it, that is, has got a value on it. But um, you, you get these promotional competitions and, and you'll get a prize at the end of it. Yeah, in some states, you can redeem fox scalps for money. Let's have a look at that one. So in some states, you, you'll get money if you bring in a scalped fox, and that, that fox is saying, hey, I'm a cat. That is really good, clever picture. Almost real, isn't it? Thanks, Josh, for the help on that one. But in our case, we have sin that is killing us, yet through Jesus' work on the cross, when we repent of sin and believe, we take our handful of sin tokens, because that's what we gather every day. We get sin tokens from our sin and these coupons, and we, and we, we can take all them and give them to God, and God says, you are forgiven. I'll take all those coupons that you've been collecting, all those things that the world's been giving you uh, from every everyday transactions, and I'm going to take them and say, you're forgiven. He takes the tokens of sin away and gives us redemption or salvation, and we are born again. We are saved. And that's something I think we need to, we always need to keep in, in the, the uh, front of our thinking is that we are saved because of Jesus. Through Jesus, we find our redemption because he pardons sin. A pardon means that we get let off for something we were guilty of. So a pardon isn't because you weren't guilty, it's because you were. And it says you were guilty, you deserve a penalty, you deserve to be punished, but I'm giving you a pardon and I'm letting you out. So through Jesus, we find that redemption and that pardon is ours. Matthew 4 verse 17 says, From then on, Jesus began to preach, repent of your sins. So what did Jesus preach about? He said about turning, uh, recognizing your sin and turning from it. He said, repent of your sins and turn to God for the kingdom of heaven is near. In Acts chapter 2 verse 21, this is uh, the apostle Paul speaking. He says, I've heard, um, sorry, I have had one message for the Jews and the Gentiles. So there was the Jews who were the religious people searching for God by what they did. And the Gentiles are people who were outside of that, the rest of the world. Every, every other nation of people. He says, I've, I have one message for Jews and Greeks alike, the necessity of repenting from sin and turning to God and of having faith in our Lord Jesus. So if we want to get a clearer picture of this subject, that's, that's a different 
format there. That's really creative. Robbie? So to get a clear view of repentance and sin, you can, you can do your own study. Romans 3, the whole chapter gives you a good, good picture. Verses 24 and 26 of Romans chapter 3 clarify it quite clearly. Um, also, to get a clear view of repentance, I, I really love Luke chapter 18, uh, verses 9 to 14. It talks about two men who went to the temple. Uh, and it, it says that one man was full of self-worth and, and he was a religious person. He's doing everything right. And, and he comes to, comes to the temple and he prays. He goes to the, to the altar there and he, he says, well, God, I'm so good. I, I do everything right. I, I, don't even, I, I, don't, I don't do anything wrong. I'm, I'm always right and I do all that, that you want me to do. And he's full of self-praise, self-worth. But then in verse 13 of Luke chapter 18, it says there was another man there that day. And it says that he cried out to God, be merciful to me, for I am a sinner. He recognizes his need of repentance. He is repentant. He has, this, he has a, a, a sense that, that he has a weight of guilt. He has a, a whole bag full of sin tokens that, that, that the world has given him. And he says, I can't deal with these by myself, but I'm going to bring them to church today. I'm going to bring them to the temple, so to speak. So Jesus said this about this situation. He went on to say, the sinner who repented went home justified. He went home right with God. And that's where we want to live, where we go home right with God. So you know something? I believe we can wake up sinners, but we don't have to go to bed sinners. We, we can go to work uh, with bad thoughts, but we don't have to go home with bad thoughts. We can come to church with bad thoughts. It's a great place to trade in those tokens. Come to church and leave them there. One of the, one of the things I can't remember what, what chapter it is in the Bible, but it talks about the temple. I think it's when they've restored the temple. Uh, it could be in Ezekiel. It talks about when, when you come into the temple of God, it says if you come in through the north gate, you've got to go out through the east gate. If you come in the east gate, you go out the north gate. That's just a good description to me of leave stuff behind. Don't come in the same way you came out when you come to worship God. So I'm going to give you three things. Uh, three fruits of repentance. So the first one, the first fruit of repentance is to be born again and have your sins forgiven. Where you come to that junction point of life where you say, I'm going to, I'm going to choose to follow Jesus. I'm going to choose to let God deal with the sin tokens in my life. As I mentioned earlier, John the Baptist was preaching to turn from sin and people got baptized to show that they had changed. So I think this, that, first, that first point of repentance is accepting Jesus Christ, is saying, I know that my life isn't right without Jesus. I know my right, life isn't right without God. I've got a whole guilt load of sin tokens that only he can take away. That's the first thing, accepting Jesus. The second fruit of repentance is baptism, being baptized. Matthew 3 verse 6, when people had confessed their sins, it said, John baptized them. Now, this isn't the baptism that we are baptized in. We're baptized in the baptism of Jesus, but, uh, but it's a similar picture. The people said, I realize I'm sinful. I, I realize I need to change, even though they were all religious people. They said we wanted to get right with God. And so as a symbol of that, they were baptized to repent of their sin. 
So baptism is a powerful expression of a believer's declaration of their faith. It represents our sin is forgiven, our old life is dead, and a new life has begun. And we're resurrected with Jesus to new life. So baptism also represents uh, like a grave. So we're saying we're being, we're being uh, baptized in the water. Our old life is being left behind and we're being raised up to new life. They're all representatives, uh, representatives of what baptism means. So we're sort of going down really basic lines today of, of Christian belief and Christian um, uh, lifestyle. And hopefully you can you know, understand a few things a little bit better this morning. In Matthew chapter 28... It says this in verses 18 to 20. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have, give, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So if you're a believer here today and you've asked Jesus to forgive your sin and not yet been baptised, I encourage you to think about that. I encourage you to get baptised. I encourage you to consider that. Look into it more and uh, go on that faith journey, that next step of your experience with Jesus and committing yourself to follow him by being baptised. The third fruit of repentance is a life changed. Something's different. Something's changed when you display the fruit of repentance in your life. Repentance, again, means to turn, to know that you were wrong and to make a change, to turn around from that wrong. So that's a life change. So take a look at the baptism of John again, the uh, of John the Baptist, and what he told people. It says this, Luke chapter 3, verse 8. Prove by the way you live that you've repented of your sins and turned to God. Prove by the way you live that you've repented of your sins and turned to God. In Luke chapter 3 verse 10, it says the crowds asked John, what should we do? So he's telling them, you're not right with God. You, you, know, you, you, need, to, you need to do something different from what you've been doing because it's not pleasing God. And so the crowds who came to John said, well, what should we do? Luke uh, 3 verse 11 he gives them some advice on what the fruit of repentance looks like. It says, if you have two shirts, give one to the poor. If you have food, share it with those who are hungry. Move on to verses 12 to 13. It says, tax collectors ask, what should we do? These were notorious people who, who would, uh, would um, not be fair in their, in their dealings with collecting tax for the Romans. Very unpopular people. In verse 13, uh, they, they said to him, what should we do? John said to them, collect no more taxes than the government requires. Basically, he says, be honest with your dealings with people. Don't, don't keep ripping people off. In verse 14, it says, soldiers asked, what should we do? And John replied, don't extort money or make false accusations and be content with your pay. So there's all various levels of people here who all came to their, their own conclusion that to be repentant required a life change. 
they all came to that point of, well, what should we do? And I think that's a journey that we need to step into and walk with with Jesus is not look at life as an event. Well, I gave my life to Jesus. I repented. And that's all I need to do from now on. But I think it's a journey, a decision every morning, every day and say, God, what do you want me to do? And there'll always be there'll always be room for improvement. We don't want to live in condemnation because we all we all have things that we fail in. So we don't need to live with a condemnation to say, well, it's all too hard. I just can't do this. But we need to live with conviction that leads to repentance. And when we live in that kind of a lifestyle, then we grow stronger and we get better with life every day. So James chapter 3, verse 13. It says, can I have the musicians join me again? It says, if you are wise and understand God's ways, Prove it by living an honourable life, doing good works with the humility that comes from wisdom. Again, that just describes a life change. So, uh, so sorry, sin surrounds our life like being in a lake that you can't get out of. Even when you find the side, it's too slippery to escape from. It's like this like a, a pit that's full of water that you just can't get out of. That's what sin is like. And Jesus offers a lifeline like being in a lake. He, he offers the world a lifeline to hang on to, to take us out of that and into salvation. Being a disciple of Jesus, being a believer, being a Christian isn't about being perfect. It's about being forgiven. It's about translating our, our sin tokens for Jesus' forgiveness. And he's able to forgive. I want to give you one last thought this morning from Jeremiah 8 verse 4. Jeremiah said, it says here, Jeremiah, God's telling him, say to the people, this is what the Lord says. When people fall down, don't they get up again? When they discover they're on the wrong road, don't they turn back? That turn back is called repentance. Jesus is waiting for you today. He's reaching his hand to take you from where you, where you have been, where you are. And he, he's offering salvation. But that comes when we recognize where we've been wrong. And that we want to change and turn around. So I want to pray for you this morning. Why don't we just bow our heads. And I'm going to ask a few questions. And I want to pray for you. So you can respond accordingly today. Perhaps you're here this morning. You're thinking, you know what? I came to church and I really do feel like I'm not good enough. I'm feeling condemned. Condemnation is the devil's tool, not God's tool. God's tool is conviction but doesn't mean condemnation because he doesn't condemn you he finds a way to redeem you so i just want to pray for people this morning before we go on if you're feeling condemned today jesus wants to take those those condemnation thoughts he wants to take those condemnation things and and carry them away and bury them lord jesus i just pray right now for the for that person for those people here this morning who are feeling that weight of condemnation today. We set them free. We cut them loose. Lord, carry those condemnation tokens and 
bury them in Jesus' name. There's others here today and you need to consider baptism. Maybe you thought, well, they could, could be a bit awkward, might be embarrassed. You know something? You need to put those thoughts aside and say, Jesus, I want to be a disciple. I want to go and fulfill all that you have for me. And it starts by simple obedience. Nothing too, nothing too huge or awkward, but it's a sign of obedience that we're going to follow Jesus. And perhaps you need to consider that. So I'm just going to pray. Lord, I just pray all over this place today that you begin to speak to those who need to take that next step, that next uh, stage of obedience to you. I just pray, Lord God, that you begin to speak to people. You begin to comfort people when it comes to those things that there may be fear involved. There may be um, feelings of, of all sorts. But Jesus, we just pray right now that you begin to bring peace. That you just begin to bring clarity to people. That they say, yes, I am a disciple. I want to go to the next level. I, I want to be baptized. And I want to pray also that we may produce fruit as a church. Fruits of repentance. Strength from the Holy Spirit right there. Because we can't do it on our own. We need the Holy Spirit in us. Working through us. So Lord Jesus, I just pray today for the fruits of, of repentance to be growing in our life every day. Lord, I pray that we understand today that it's not just an event that happened once in our life, but it's an ongoing process of changing, of, of discovering, of rediscovering, of, of changing and turning. And I just sense today that there are people here and you have, you, 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 it's like you're at a crossroad and you keep coming back to that and you keep saying, but I, I find myself in the same place again. There's two words for you and I had, I had this strong on my spirit this morning as I was getting ready not to quit. Now, there are people here and you might be thinking of all different ways where you're going to quit. You might be thinking of quitting your marriage. You might be thinking of, of quitting a job. You might be thinking of quitting a relationship or, or, or quitting a, a course or, or something like that. The word for you this morning is don't quit. Don't quit that thing. Because God wants to use that to equip you. And if you quit, you don't get equipped. Just consider that if that's you this morning. But the Holy Spirit wants to produce fruit of repentance in your life every day it's a journey not a not a event so lord i just speak over these people here this morning that we may be a church that we may be a people of faith who produce fruits of repentance every day that we may see where we're wrong and turn around we see see where we're carrying a load that wasn't for us and leave that at the feet of jesus we thank you for that in Jesus' name and pray that you are faithful and you are able. And we say thank you, Jesus. Amen. Well, God bless your church. Thanks for coming out this morning. And I pray that you may discover a new level of your journey with God and live producing fruits of repentance. God bless you.